0: to see you again. It's been a while.
1: It's very
2: good to see you too. I, I like how well lit this room is. It looks like there's nothing in the room though. Like what's going on?
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny you accurately identified exactly what is occurring <laughs> in this room. It's entirely <laughs> empty. I'm going to lift my computer for a moment. There is oh. four walls. There's there's some uh, guitar stands in the corner, a yoga mat nice. and a Bosu ball. I recently moved back to New York after three years of traveling. Uh, you and I crossed paths uh, along that journey, mm. but I had moved from New York to Thailand, a little bit of time in India, in Bali, Puerto Rico, Portugal, and I recently returned back to Brooklyn, signed my first lease within uh, within the last three years, oh, wow. and I have this really terrific apartment in Brooklyn right now that is totally vacant of any furniture whatsoever, but the Boso Ball, the camping, uh, the camping chair, and the giant dry erase board on the and a plant.
2: I like it. Well, the, the, plan makes it the essential, um, starter kit. I, I think it's good sometimes to live without stuff for as long as you can, and then just see what stuff actually comes back into your life. Cause we are That's- humans. And if we have a house, we will fill it with, with stuff. That's what we do.
0: Yeah. It's funny that you say that because this pa- these past three years was a bit of a catharsis for me, actually mm-hmm. separating and unattaching from a lot of the physical belongings that mm-hmm. I had accumulated living in new york for 15 16 years and it was like a spiritual experience of unattaching from relationships and some former personas and energy but then living with only a guitar case and a backpack for two and a half years moving between different countries provinces airbnbs made me appreciate the minimalist lifestyle and now that i'm back in new york Actually, it's as though I'm like stepping outside the cave. I'm, for the first time, like returning to this very commercial, consumerist, materialistic world, but and trying to like still maintain that version of Adam while Adam was living in Airbnbs in Bali. But it's colliding with the reality that like Amazon is just one one swipe away.
1: One swipe (laughs) away,
2: yeah. No, I think this is a, this is a great, a great mission is to bring the minimalist ideals back into like the hubs of capitalism, right? It's like living in LA or New York or any huge city for that matter, especially in the US, where as you say, like Amazon is a click away and it'll show up on your doorstep within like two hours or something. Um,
1: Like
0: immediate satisfaction. Oh, I like, I need that spoon. (laughs) That is, full. it is 60, it is long. So I can get the last little scoop out of this smoothie underneath the blade. Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'll spend like $9 on this totally frivolous item on Amazon. And then it arrives, it's not what I want, and I throw it away. But there's a, there's a solution, what capitalism has done so well. There's a solution to every perceived, even like totally artificially contrived problem. Mm. And I find myself thinking like, oh, I need that. I want to get that last scoop of smoothie out of the bottom of my of my container. How do I do that? Oh, I should buy something.
2: Yeah, I I like what you're saying there about how you know there there is the upside of capitalism is that any problem can be solved with like an inju in in engine like a an innovative solution, right? Right. Uh, right. And then also perceived problems i think one of the downsides i experienced that yesterday i'm renting out my place um while i'm you know you know back with family and traveling my place on vancouver island and i've noticed like three months later that my internet rate doubled and then like you know in a live chat with them like what the fuck happened like how did the the, the rate double and they're like oh your 24 months contract ran out so you have no more discounts and we're charging you month by month and i'm like but why didn't you make me a new offer? And 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 the person is basically like, "Oh, we're so sorry you missed it." And so when you're a new client, they'll make you every single offer just to score you as a client. But if you are running on a contract and it turns month to month, they'll do their best to barely mention it. Well, it was on the bottom of your bill, sir. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. And so that's quite one of the, the funny ones where it's like, well, if we can get you deeper in, we'll get you deeper in. No worries. Like just pay double now. And, you know, obviously these easy they to solve.
0: Put in the door, but actually, what they had is they had you line and sinker. It just turned hook line
2: and sinker, and no attention to it. That's where they had. me. Yeah.
0: yeah. That was yeah. kind of the, that was the key here. Is that you were attentive to your credit card bill, but right four so months in,
1: nothing,
2: <laughs> nothing
0: attention, yeah. and they'll, they'll proceed with six months over charges. And again, like that, it is what like capitalism is the best worst form of like resource coordination that we have Mm. the problem Mm. there well the issue then becomes this notion of like well knowing that people are going to the human brain is trained to try to solve problems when you give it a game or a problem if we just introduce novel problems to people that want to buy the product so like um what's a good a good i'm going to try to think of something that's kind of non-controversial like a stress ball okay like, if you suddenly say to people, you're stressed out at work, your body's filled with tension, and you're holding that tension in your back and in your hips, and you're having difficulty sleeping, well, like, here's this, like, funny little thing that could can just sit on your desk, and it has a smiley face emoji, and you should just crank on it while you're at the computer and release that stress. It's very likely that people didn't even realize that they were stressed before the stress call existed,
1: <laughs> and the stress
0: call is maybe not actually curing or resolving that issue for them. But now suddenly they're thinking, oh, I have stress and I'm holding tension and I need to begin like cranking on this little sand's like balloon ball and people will buy that stuff. So mm. and, and actually health and wellness, which is a topic that I'm really passionate about personally, uh, also is continuously introducing like, new problems to people that can only be solved by like this adaptogenic mushroom tea that somebody has to oh. sell you or some MCT oil that you're going to want to be consuming because cavemen were operating on a ketogenic diet 20,000 years ago, suddenly Mm. like consuming carbohydrates is
2: a a problem. So yeah, there's something about how we create perceived problems, right? And there's something about the, the, the downside of the way we're running economy on this planet at this moment. That is that, it's all there's always another loop to get someone else into something that they don't actually really need rather than just solving problems that we actually need to solve and creating kind of win-win collaborative opportunities where everyone can like what did thrive you period uh,
0: traveling yeah. because yeah. you and i met like in a very remote place in the world yeah um at an event that gathered a lot of alternative members of society you know, like younger people. Who well said, yeah. and, yeah.
1: and <laughs> People uh, well, looking it was for something a, else.
0: It was, it was on a permaculture. Yeah. It, 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 we met at a permaculture community. And, yep, true. you know, I have been a, I have this experience, like when I, and I'll go into it, but I'm curious of your experience, of observing how other people live in less consumerist communities and societies mm. where they just don't seem to have the same compulsion to buy their way out of, Problems, or dig themselves out of holes, and I think that it's actually that they don't even perceive that they are in a hole. Mm-hmm. And then my mirror moment is the thing: like, am I? Is that actually a real problem that I have, or is it just a perceived problem?
2: That's a really interesting question because think of a city like New York that you just moved back to, right, where you're consistently, mostly outside of. Any kind of natural environment in a purely human built environment that happens to be a food desert, right? Where like walking barefoot is probably a crime. And, you know, you're consistently comparing yourself to everyone around. And even if you've reached that state of awareness that you're not wanting to compare yourself to anyone, you will just by the design of that layout. Meanwhile, at the beach, barefoot on a permaculture land where, you know, um, a guy like Stephen Brooks just like pulls up a new fruit every five minutes that you've never seen in your life before. It was like, look at that fruit. We just grew it from a seed. And then you realize, wow, I really don't need a lot. And so I've tracked that in my own being over the years. There's there's certainly certain rebound effects where you know once you get out of the permaculture environment and you are back somewhere where you can I don't know, eat an all-you-can-eat buffet or something, or you splurge somewhere else. Like that that has happened for me before. Or you know you just buy something because you simply can, and for the last two months you couldn't because there was nothing offered. Um, but at large, I love I love the feeling, not just how I feel, but I love the feeling in the field and in the group when buying or buying your way out of something or muscling your way out of something because of your capital power is simply not an option. But the option is like, can you just be happy about where we are? Like you're barefoot in the sand, looking out at the ocean. You're literally carrying a coconut around. Like what else could you need in this moment? Sure. You could plan for 10 years ahead or have a great idea how to build a platform on the internet to solve another world's problem. But in this moment, are you actually content? And then for me, I mean, the goal ever since I've experienced that in different places and states, um, I mean, like internal states, is to bring that contentment to no matter where in the world, right? Like um, we, we were speaking about this before we hit record. I've, I've been with family for the last month and I love them to bits, like literally love them so, so much. And there is this famous saying, like, if you think you're enlightened, go spend some time with your family because things will come up, right? And so it's like, can I carry that kind of contentment I have barefoot? On the permaculture land, can I carry that to an interaction when I don't know my dad or my grandpa tells me the same thing that razzed me when I was twelve? And uh, yeah, I think I can at this point, but but it definitely takes it, it takes a little bit. I'm curious how that works for you in a place like Brooklyn, where you know every guy, every lady is like the the cooler version of the last person you walked by. Like, how how do you experience that? <laughs>
0: And knowing that I will just never be as good-looking, rich, or <laughs> popular, or funny. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of, um, in fact, it's, it's a bit of a motivator if you can suffer the sting to your ego to mm. go sign up for, let's say, like Equinox, which is the, the super luxury um, and expensive gym here in New York, and I'm not a member. But it, 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 like, go to the places where the beautiful people are, like the gym. The gym mm. where all the beautiful people are. And then you look around and everyone is in Adonis
2: mm.
1: and like,
0: that is either very motivating or
2: on their also- cell phone, taking a photo of themselves doing Adonis yeah. moves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I'll just say that. Um, so my experience of returning to Brooklyn and, and traveling where I, I, I seek out these remote places in the world mm. and I, I think your, the picture that you painted a moment ago is real, but it's a bit romanticized to say, Hey, you're, you're barefoot on a beach in this pristine location in the world with a coconut in your hand and the sun is shining on your back. And there's like that, that sounds really fantastic. But the, the other reality is like, you're in a tropical place right now. It's 90, it's 95 degrees or it's like 40 degrees Celsius. You're getting mm-hmm. attacked, bombarded by mosquitoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have this coconut you haven't eaten for a day and a half or they're giving you rice. Like they're
1: traveling to many
0: places, like life is like very, very hard, very mm-hmm. hard. And they don't actually have the Amazon button or an app to secure mm-hmm. that problem immediately. And so they've just developed, people have developed a different mentality about approaching a perceived problem versus a versus a problem that is real.
1: Immediate, and yeah.
0: accepting yeah. what's occurring and not thinking like they have... A button to buy them to brute force purchase their way out of it, which is what you said. And I said, I that that was great. An experience that I'm having right now returning to New York is not only are people so overly stressed, mm. they're stressed about like minutiae. Mm-hmm. And I actually like, maybe it's a good segue into sustainability, but like that to me is actually just not a sustainable, energetic state for anyone.
2: For no one, into
0: People who will say, like, I have to eat by one o'clock because I'm getting a headache. Or i haven't had my coffee this morning so i'm also having a headache or yeah. tomorrow i need to get my yoga in or i will be so stressed and
2: <laughs> way to prime yourself yeah.
0: as if they're like playing whack-a-mole yeah. in their daily lives and everything is off base maybe they missed their antidepressant med- and they're on like three antidepressant medications they have to have like their diet is fixed the, what they eat is kind of fixed when they go to bed And it's as though they're creating as many problems as they are actually resolving and
1: addressing. Mm -hmm.
0: And it actually gets us, gets us into this consumerist mentality. And when I travel abroad, it gives me the 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 dose of the opposite perspective where, um, it's not as much of a consumer, consumer materialistic society and people just kind of go about their days. And sometimes the days just blend into each other. You don't even notice that it's Monday, it's become Friday, it's a weekend.
1: Yeah.
2: That's the bliss zone, right? When you forgot about which calendar day it is. I, I like where we're going there and it's definitely like, you know, a a segue or a bridge into sustainability. And I do want to talk about BitGreen in a minute, but I think there's something about the paradox that when we travel, which it's, it's a paradoxical thing because the people that are able to travel are usually those that are, you know, somewhat privileged, especially in a monetary sense or in a at least in a sense of just like claiming full freedom and like this is what I'm gonna do, which is beautiful and it's a beautiful privilege. And, you know, at the same time you're obviously, you know, needing to buy flights and all these things. I'm not a fan of flight shaming at all. I think there is there's a place for everything in this world. But what I'm trying to get at is it's paradoxical because you're not sitting at home just becoming aware of the systems at hand. But as you're traveling, you're experiencing kind of a mirror or an echo from these systems. And as you said, the consumerism versus a country where that doesn't play a big role, right? And then your own self and the states that you go through yourself, they change and you realize wow, like, yeah, that is really stressful. And I just had to pay another, I don't know, $500 to, you know, get a flight to this place or, or I couldn't pay any money and I just needed to deal with it and, and and take it as it is, or I missed a flight or whatever it is. All of these things actually, they, they guide and lead us, at least in my experience to this realization that like, oh, wow, life is simply as it is. And when I surrender to that so much more is possible. And suddenly I come, I become equipped to kind of surf the you know the the opportunities that life has in front of me rather than trying to optimize my own life to become a robot that does yoga at 6 a.m and does mm-hmm. uh, a green juice at 9 a.m and if i don't have that then i'm not as spiritual as i want to be all of that is ultimately total bs now, especially the only, if it's used the
0: only people who actually do that stuff exactly like, everyone else in the world is just living they're, yeah. they're like without the g they're like matthew McConaughey <laughs> living in their birthday suit playing the bongos. <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> just and then here yeah. we think that we need to formulaically create this entirely separate almost like robotic lifestyle mm. of yoga and green juice and heroin and whole foods
1: yeah.
0: and then getting to bed at a certain time and then having more therapy yeah and when you travel to some places and you realize like number one many some of these places things just don't work mm just blow a tire and there's no like triple a like you're gonna they people have to figure it out i actually just returned to brooklyn i was in peru um visiting a carbon credit um a conservation project that and mm-hmm. my company has in the amazon and i mean i traveled to like maybe one of the most remote places in the world like where they are just building roads which is both heartbreaking but then also you go there and you realize that People are living at such a subsistence level that actually a road improves their life so materially than to have to like take a path from one place to the next. And life is just so hard at that level. And there isn't even a notion that things are, there isn't an expectation that things are going to work. The expectation is actually that things are not going to work. So people have just developed this, like the mentality and mindset is calloused, if that makes sense like they're not cynical and hardened but they're just hardened to the reality that things aren't going to work and it may be hard and it gets hot in the jungle it's hard to sleep at night and there are mosquitoes and that's the process mm. that's the process and there's no like buying your way it's out
1: of it's just anymore.
0: how it is the yeah. government to show up and figure it out for you you figure it out yourself when <laughs> i come back to new york and everyone is just trying to buy their way by mm. their way to the more blissful state and then that just becomes its own like it's its own inertia. Like you need you need a an equally powerful force to thwart or begin to even hit the brakes or throttle this notion that I just need to be doing more, more and buying more to reach that like blissful state. Where actually the blissful state in many ways, as I travel, is having lower expectations and being and just being yeah. a bit more calloused.
2: I love it. This, for me, is the perfect segue. We need to be doing more is the illusion right, and sometimes doing less and accepting is the the path through and when it comes to sustainability or regeneration i mean there's lots of things to do that are that that are simply to do, and then there's there's lots of you know. Um, things we can learn, but really, as a humanity, as a as a big collective, like what if we did less of certain things? What if we really just scraped out the things we don't need to do and invest money into what actually makes this world and our uh, our world together a more beautiful place? And so, the way I understand Bitgreen, Adam, is that it is really a blockchain technology and you know, a, a, like a Web three innovation that allows capital to, capital to flow to critically important places in the sustainability initiatives around the world. Is that, is that a good way to intro it? Like how would you explain BitGreen to your grandma?
0: Yeah. Oh, actually when I'm talking to grandma, I get yeah. real deep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> grandma and, and the other people in her assisted living home in Florida, they want to get super technical and complex. Um,
2: well, let's go there.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, You know, since we started the conversation about like discussing human behavior and psychology, I'll I'll give actually more more color on Bitgreen. So yes, the boilerplate is that Bitgreen is a blockchain that's committed to sustainability and sustainability values. Mm. We're built within a blockchain network called the Polkadot ecosystem, which is very interesting. It's actually developed by the former co-founder and CTO of Ethereum that many people may know and be more familiar with. And several years ago, the CTO, or at that point, same as Gavin Wood, identified a few flaws in terms of the scalability of Ethereum, and then left and began to build Polkadot. What's great about Polkadot, and why this is advantageous for Bickering, is that it enables what are called application-specific chains, Mm. or you could refer to it as like a purpose-built chain. So instead of having one gigantic blockchain, such as Ethereum, which is a general purpose,
1: and on that, in that ecosystem, you
0: may have metaverse apps and decentralized finance apps and FIFA soccer apps and video games, right? All in one space. Within Polkadot, you have these parallel blockchains that interconnect for security reasons and for scalability. But each individual blockchain, and they use much of the same infrastructure, is purpose-built for, designed for one like, instance or one type of transaction or, or initiative. So you would have one parallel blockchain for DeFi and another one for virtual reality and another one for metaverse, maybe. BitGreen is a blockchain that's purpose-built for purpose. And we talk a lot about sustainability because there's this massive funding gap to help uh, basically to finance and bankroll the achievement of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. Bloomberg estimated there's about a $50 trillion funding gap. And whether that's a believable number or not, I don't know. It doesn't sound super credible. But if the real number is 40 trillion or 60 trillion or 30 trillion, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
2: Trillion. There's a gap between what like we need it, and. It, it's a yeah. gap
0: and it's the size of Jupiter. Mm. Right. And the only way to get there is to take aggressive action, like a hard fork in the direction of raising capital and coordinating resources toward attaining those United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And that's. The core mission of Bickering is to try to raise $1 trillion within a decade for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And it's like a fantastically large number. I don't know how we're going to get there. But by setting a goal of a trillion, it means that we're not as focused on like smaller um, smaller initiatives like the, the permaculture farm that you and I met, which is from the heart and is very effective at a grassroots level. But Bickering is focused on building a massive blockchain ecosystem and network where there is coordination of resources, human capital and financial capital toward realizing these UN sustainable development goals. But the one angle that I want to add, Mm. which relates to our former conversation and everything I just said is basically what's on the website. But the other piece here is that I have this nagging doubt that even if Big Green or anyone were to raise $50 trillion for the UN SDGs, that would make a difference. I was just
2: about to go there, but I'm glad you have that doubt yourself. So let's, uh, let's hear. Yeah.
0: Right. It could be $50 trillion, it could be $100 trillion because yeah. the actual human psychology and the conditions that have created this environment around, whether it's like ecological degradation yeah. or this pandemic of like depression within the United States and Europe. In the U.S., one out of every 10 people is on a prescription medication for depression or mood enhancement.
2: That sounds like a great business for someone.
0: <laughs> Ready? It gets better. Yeah. There are 300 million prescriptions written in the U.S. alone for, anti- for um, mood enhancement.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm making a, a really dark joke, but honestly, like this is this is the crazy situation of our planet, right? It's like that we can follow certain goals, and you know, I'd, I'd also want to challenge you on the the UN SDGs. I mean, obviously, there's a part of it that's an amazing to do list, but then there's another part of it is like when you read the fine print. I don't know if I think we should solve world hunger with creating more, um, you know, f- fake meat and uh, I don't know GMO. Yeah. Created uh, plantation. I don't know. I personally think that's a bad idea, but I I get the idea of the direction that there is a there's a goal that we want to live on a thriving planet Earth, and right now systemically we're not making that environmental impact or or creating yeah pathways of funding to go to great projects, the ones from the heart and the ones at scale. Because I hear you on that too, right? Not everything can be like someone's personal from the heart dream, yeah
0: when I, when I saw the research article related to the $50 trillion funding gap, that number is just so large to put that in context, the entire, um, I don't know if I've lost you. I'm just going to keep talking for a moment.
2: That was a first I just like my You're computer, just like, out. it felt like it just exploded or something.
0: Yeah. I, I saw you froze. And then I was worried that it was on my side, even though I saw that we were still recording.
2: Sorry we're about all that. good well good again don't worry let's um I, the last thing I heard and and we we have your side on um record as well, and we'll just keep moving and then and then we can edit this but it was something about the f- the trillion dollar funding gap
0: you were making a great point that maybe the u n sustainable development goals are not the exact point in space that we want to target mm. and i i would I would agree with that potentially even though I'm not a researcher who came up with those goals but and from my perspective, the fifty trillion dollar is so large anyway, it looms so large that we generally know the direction that we ought to be headed and mm. that we are not heading in that direction now. Like that exactly. requires a hard fork in the new direct in a in a new path. But I I would challenge that even if we were to somehow raise the money without printing it, either with magical internet cryptocurrencies mm. or with like Federal Reserve dollars, that The ultimate and root problem here is the way that humans are treating each other and treating the environment. And then one step below that is actually how we're feeling about ourselves inside.
2: Big time, how we're feeling about ourselves and how we therefore treat each other and and the environment. And this is, you know, in my research and in my you know following intuition and purpose around the planet and interviews and all the things I've been doing over the last five, seven, 10, even 15 years, that's the underlying factor I keep coming back to is it. like we and and this is my biggest criticism on on capitalism we were joking about it earlier right Is like there's a lot that it can do and there's a lot of innovation that can come out of it but then there's something fundamentally that is so um wrong if you can earn on someone else's uh depression prescription model like if, if you're benefiting if someone's benefiting massively financially and which means power, which means access, which means all the things that you know is behind it, on other people's um, negative or, or, or detrimental state of well being Something about that is just fundamentally flawed, right? And so I think a big part of sustainability and regeneration is to bring funding to things that are environmentally creating impact that is positive for the planet and for each other. But it's also to maybe adjust the rules or maybe adjust the game, maybe, maybe to figure out that certain things we simply can't do, right? Like I think I read a statistic the other day that's over 70% of all of the pollution comes from the main industries on this planet. What would happen if we were just to pause some of them, like, could we? Why, why don't we, right?
0: I don't have a use for cement, do you? <laughs> <laughs> At
2: this point, where everything is cemented, I mean... Well,
0: you, you know, we can think of extremes where, yeah. let's say, like, former schools are really important for um, a variety of neurological or, or issues, like someone who's bipolar, maybe, um, and there are others. But then to prescribe Ritalin to a child who just has difficulty sitting in a chair,
2: that's where- a good example of where the ludicrousness begins because it's a child. It's supposed to have difficulty sitting in a chair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, don't I, don't, I don't know, but, um, so, so yeah. this is what I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, and I'm challenged with Bitcoin mm. because Bitcoin and blockchains are a fantastic solution for, um, for capital aggregation and transaction settlement and data verification. It's actually what it does the best. Mm. Right? And so because fundamentally cryptocurrency is like, it's just digital composable money. And so to try to use this infrastructure to raise capital, send it to places that are in need and do this in an efficient mechanism is a very great, is a terrific um, and relevant use case for crypto. Maybe, maybe more than like monkey JPEGs. But
2: I still
0: don't think, yeah, I still don't think that the underlying solution is just raising money with a blockchain. And I think the other component here is to figure out and run experiments on how to improve people's livelihoods and how they think about themselves and their own self-worth. And until they begin to feel better about themselves and more safe and secure in their life, whether they're like consciously, consciously secure or insecure, right? The insecurity manifests in a variety of other behaviors that are like somewhat destructive and toxic, either to yourself or to relationships or to the environment. And I think unless we, we together, you and me, and Vic Green and our community, attempt to address this problem from both angles, we really won't solve it. On one side, well, we have to raise this capital and there's no way to avoid this funding gap because it takes money. For example, we need to figure out financial mechanisms to provide a basic income to people who live, let's say, in the Amazon and on delicate delicate ecological land so that they don't feel their financial need and compulsion to sell that land so that the natural resources can be harvested.
2: That's so a beautiful that, example, right? It's like, how do we incentivize? That's what I meant earlier with positive action. The positive action of steward, continuing to steward something like let's say parts of the Amazon forest, or even cultivating more forest, right? Rather than incentivizing, burning it down and building another soy GMO plantation that allows so food for it's cattle to happen. Problem,
0: but yeah. this is a good example because this is actually a financial problem.
2: Yeah, right? it totally there, is.
0: There are like Ecuadorians are not typically, I don't want to speak for all Ecuadorians, but there are many, most Ecuadorians. Do not want to begin extracting oil from the from the rainforest uh, in lieu of having the actual jungle be present and thriving it's just that there's an economic opportunity and many of them are li- and some of them are living in subsistence so we both need to find financial solutions which means really aggregate and raise this capital to go into sustainability initiatives at the same time that we need to be thinking about how on an individual and grassroots level, we help to elevate people and what they think about themselves so that they feel safer and more secure and they have a longer term horizon in their own life. And by feeling better about themselves, they will naturally begin to treat other people and their environment better as well. Mm -hmm. And like we we obviously see this in research studies again and again, that the better that people feel about themselves, the better they treat their family, the better they treat their coworkers, the more that they are ascending Maslow's hierarchy towards self-actualization, right? And actually, Maslow, at the end of his life, changed the hierarchy. Did you know this? Yeah. Right? And he put community transcendence at the top. The better that when people, what he realized was that the terminal point is not self-actualization it is transcendence and giving back to your community. Mm. And I think that's the only way that we collectively and what I'd like to see bickering become is not merely a blockchain that aggregates and raises capital for these initiatives, but then has an entire different, let's say, app store that is focused on volunteerism, community activation, health and wellness, mental wellness, food, because I, I, to me, these mm-hmm. are all questions around sustainability or what is sustainable for us long-term. It's not merely a question around environmentalism or conserving the Amazon.
2: I'm fully it's- with you on that. I, I think the example we picked is a good one though, right? And I'd love to hear some example projects that uh, Bitcoin has already supported or that you're connected to at this point. You said earlier you were you traveled to Peru um, and visited one of those. I mean, I think there's something in what you're saying that has to do with, you know, you know, maybe it's not that we can engineer community. I think that'll be the wrong terminology. But what we can do is we can we can support each other by having you know powerful incentives that 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 incentivize. I would again call it a simply positive behavior, and that also connects several actors in ecosystems. That could be the actor that brings in finance. It could be the actor that is looking for volunteering. Uh, you know, energy. That could be. So like the connection is something that really is deeply missing in a lot of the capitalistic um, gameplays that we have out there right now. Because if you want that spoon for your smoothie that you mentioned earlier in this conversation, you have no idea where it comes from, who had the idea, right? Like you might be super grateful for the rest of your life to get the last like 0.5% of that smoothie under the blender, but you'll never actually thank the person who invented it in another way than giving them $9 once following your example, right? And so that's that's an interesting separation if you were to find and feel genuine gratitude for what happened there. So where where is it where where does that possibility live in the way we do economics? And I think you're you're right on that community is a huge piece of sustainability and regeneration and the path forward.
0: Yeah. I mean you you really hit on it. We don't we don't ever meet those people. I mean, Never. in fact, we don't meet anyone other than maybe the person who delivers the Amazon box. And mm. that's a credit to capitalism and its division of labor, right? Right. But yet, the division
2: of labor then leads to the separation of our interconnectedness that, as we know, is, is you know, it's present even if you don't know about
1: it. But
0: then we're totally separate. I mean, we're separate from the animals that mm. we eat. We're separate from the farms and the locations where they are raised or even the the people who kill and process the animal and... We just end up buying, like, we buy the meat wrapped in cellophane and styrofoam at the end of the freezer aisle in a supermarket, right? And that's the closest that we actually get to the food system. Mm. Um, Hopefully, blockchain actually can change some of that because what blockchain does so well is coordinate. It also tells stories very well because it's able to harness and verify data in a meaningful way. Mm. Vickering's not there yet, but here are three projects that we're currently working on. Nice. The first is we have a project in Peru with the largest indigenous group in the country. Uh, they are the stewards and legal landholders to, or the ancestral um, inheritors, heirs, to a large swath of pristine Amazonian rainforest in the Yukiali River Valley, which is east and north Peru, on the border of the Acre uh, province of Brazil. And this land, and, and the, the Shipibo are their name, the name of the indigenous group are continuously under threat and are vulnerable to incursion by external commercial interests like illegal loggers, illegal miners, yeah. narco traffickers, um palm oil agriculturalists, and other agriculturalists. And we're working with the Shipibo to try and help them uh set up a Red Plus conservation project that ultimately would issue carbon credits that are verified, almost like tokens, basically instruments that verify that carbon and biodiversity is being protected and sequestered on their land. But this is a massively complex issue because it's not just a carbon credit project. We also need to work with the group to help them organize amongst their many different, over hundred different communities. Many of those communities don't live on the grid. They're like the very definition of remote and off grid. Some of them don't speak Spanish, they speak Shafiba. Um, So we need to work not, not only with helping them organize as a community, also helping them connect with attorneys in Lima and elsewhere to establish legal land tenure over their land so that they have the ability to issue carbon credits. Then we need to work with them in terms and a project developer to produce the carbon project and then eventually bring those carbon credits to market and sell them via Bitcoin, the blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to figure out other ways We're working with them to try to capture the human story of who they are as an indigenous group. So that like Julian who's in Europe somewhere who's buying the carbon credit actually realizes that when he buys that carbon credit and retires it, it's a form of wealth transfer directly toward these people who are living in the Amazon that's helping them build roads, hospitals, schools. It's not like a carbon credit that's going to Adam in in Brooklyn.
2: Right. This is an interesting piece of, again, the comparison of like, let's just call it like traditional capitalism and then the evolution of capitalism, whatever you want to actually call it, you know, in retrospect, but is that think of Amazon. There's the one person on the top that always earns more. And that's the one person everyone knows. We even iconize these people, right? Fair enough. Maybe that was a great idea. And it's sure many many, many other people have created income streams because of the platform Amazon existing, but then the way that when you buy something attributes value or connection or 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 the like the feeling of like this is a two way street, wow, I'm buying something from you, and you're feeling better that's very much close to zero, if not zero and and so it's it's kind of funny because if you were to look back in this economy like i don't know five hundred years in the future from now, and you're like, "Oh wow, you guys were." You guys really went far on the separation arm, no? Like, I mean, couldn't get further away from each other, and so the hope about you know projects like Bitcoin and the blockchain at large is that because we can track and transparently see where things go, where they come from, and as you said, we can kind of feel the story. Like, imagine every item you ever bought in a supermarket or on Amazon, and we used Amazon a lot in this example, um, but imagine every item you bought in a supermarket, you knew the whole story of how it got there. You knew the whole story of who made it.
0: I love the concept. Some of it is really
1: hard because
0: the blockchain is trustless, meaning the information that you provide can, um, cannot easily be manipulated, but people can manipulate the information before it hits the blockchain. So I don't know, like I, you know, I'm the owner of like an organic, Organic, fair trade cacao, and every farm and everyone who works there in my little plot of land in Brooklyn has like fully paid tuition to so Harvard. Yeah. I mean, I could, I can weave any story that I want; it may not be true. So actually, verifying data <clears throat> is is a complex challenge. But here's another one, actually. So second
2: example, yeah, go for it. Second
0: example, yeah, but this is something that's totally different. The carbon credits project is working with an indigenous group. It's carbon credits, it's conservation, it's a lot of like um, subsistence tool, people who are living in subsistence, right? This product is something that I actually wanna use and hopefully I'll play it with my friends and maybe even you'll play it or somebody here. And it focuses on that other aspect that I was discussing with Big Green, which is just trying to help people live better lives wherever they are. The first product that Big Green is gonna be releasing, which is going to be in the next two or three weeks because we're targeting New Year's resolution time, is called Habit, H-A-B-B-I-T, like the Habit Rabbit. And this is a consumer game that people can play. It uses ChatGPT, the new AI that was uh, released by OpenAI. And it's a game related to individual behaviors that we do in a routinized, ritualistic way every single day.
1: Mm, And you can play this in a
0: social accountability group, like in your own community, or you can join a social accountability group through the game. And the way that it works is the game lasts for an entire month. And at the beginning of the month, you place a stake or a deposit on yourself and your, your habit targets that you set. So that would be $100 worth of Bitcoin network tokens. So you register in the game, you buy $100 worth of tokens. Those tokens then go into a smart contract. And after you register, you set what are called seeds and weeds. Your seeds are your positive behaviors that you want to do. 10 minutes of meditation, getting to bed by 10 o'clock, eating my vegetables, calling grandma on the phone, right? And your weeds are obviously those behaviors that are like leaking your chi or your prana. So more than two alcoholic drinks at night, eating late, sleeping late, pornography, smoking cigarettes, right? And so on an individual basis, you set your own seeds and weeds. There are points assigned to each of these behaviors. You play the game within a social accountability group with other people uh, through the Telegram app and with this like really intricate bot that we've developed. And at the end of every day, there are activation char- uh, challenges and there's like some other informative material related to like behaviorism and positive psychology throughout the month. But the crux of the game is you make a deposit at the beginning of the month. At the end of every day, you check in with this bot on the things that you did. It then tallies your points for the day Every day, you're earning more and more points. And at the end of the month, you have a point total that you need to reach, like a, finish, a milestone, a finish line. And if you reach that finish line, you get your $100 back. So you're basically placing a bet on yourself, right? Holding to your habits, your New Year's resolutions. And if you don't hit that points goal, we actually donate the money mm-hmm. to charity. And in this case, it's going to be purchasing carbon credits.
2: That's exciting. You're basically playing yourself on your... Uh, habits, the Habit Rabbit. So when is that coming out?
0: That will be, uh, the game starts on January 6th. And then the actual registration for the game, I think we're going to put up the landing page in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. It just seems kind of timely that we're, Bitcoin is ready to actually go live with its blockchain. And so we've been rushing to get this game out the door because it seems like it could just be a fun game for people who are setting New Year's resolutions or some type of goal in the new year to be the the higher better version of themselves to give them this like this technological tool that is great for habit tracking as well as social uh, socializing and community so that we don't need to do these things alone
1: yeah
2: that and that's a big piece of of it right like going going together and finding ways of how that actually turns true not just you know on the permaculture land which i think is for a lot of people, you, you, if you're dreaming of the permaculture land, make sure to go there. Make sure to make sure to build one. And also, then there's more, right? Like it's it's kind of like the it's a big planet with a lot of different versatile uh, you know places and also aspects to it. So this is this is exciting, Adam. Uh, can't wait to play that game and see and see how I you know compete against my own habits in that sense. What's the third example you're mentioning? A th- Three of them. She people, yeah. and the th- people and the is one.
0: Example, and the third mm-hmm. example is a 27 megawatt renewable energy hydro facility in Sierra Leone in West Africa. Mm-hmm. Sierra Leone is like notoriously one of the countries in the world that lead in the energy poverty index. Over 75 percent of the population does not have access, consistent access to electricity. And then if you actually break that out amongst urban dwellers versus rural about 94% of people who live outside of Freetown, the major city within Sierra Leone, do not have access to regular power and electricity, which then trickles down to lack of access to modern healthcare, education, uh, refrigeration, right? And uh, Sierra Leone is just like a, a, a very difficult place to, for traditional investors to deploy money we were contacted totally. by an organization that was founded by uh, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Bezos Earth Fund as well as the IKEA Foundation known as the Global Energy Alliance for People and Planet. Their focus is to build new clean energy infrastructure in the global south and create new green jobs that are local. And they're going to be using Bitgreen to raise financing for this hydro facility in Sierra Leone. So, the blockchain right now for us when we when we release these three products in early 2023 will have a conservation and kind of carbon credits and indigenous aspect to it. It will have this like consumer game that is focused on like community and helping people live healthier lives. And then we'll also have this focus on financing real world hard assets that are like impact assets such as renewable energy and also microfinance lending.
2: Mm. This is super exciting i really appreciate that you walked us through three real life examples and also like the difference of them right like um let's say renewable energy the global south an example where that has been really difficult to invest into right then the project with indigenous people you know which is there are still so many indigenous tribes on the planet that need our support like stat right to protect what's still able to be protected and then more like the consumer facing, you can download it on your own phone example. Um, where, where else is Bitcoin going? Like maybe as we're, you know, coming to the close of this episode and understanding, like, you know, there's, there's going to be a follow-up conversation a few months down the road so we can track what else is happening with, with oh, Bitcoin, no, but for right now, Adam, um, I just what, your
0: face is frozen. maybe you're still recording this and so I'll continue to answer the question where Bitcoin is going. Well. The, the midterm vision here is to establish BitGreen as the premier bona fide sustainability brand within the blockchain space. And I hope that the BitGreen name resonates with people. We're obviously borrowing from the Bit meme and the Green meme. And my aspiration here is to show people that there is a way to do things, to do the right things and do it the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think
0: our mutual friend, Stephen Brooks, has done that with his permaculture farm down in Costa Rica and elsewhere throughout the world. When people see Steven and when he presents, you get this notion that he's doing the right thing and he's doing it the right way. And for the Good right example,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that those type of venture processes are severely lacking right now in the blockchain space. Mm. And we see some phenomenal examples even in the corporate world, like Patagonia is a really terrific one. And we now with blockchain have this incredibly powerful new technology where people have extraordinarily high expectations of it and they're really questioning, what does this blockchain thing have to do with me? What can it mm. do for me? Instead of-
2: And, like, and that's the answer,
0: yeah. Thing that will hopefully, like, for speculative purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would really love to see that Bitcoin can deliver on that question and that potential. What can it do for me? Well, maybe you want to support indigenous groups or help to save the Amazon. Maybe you want to be um, helping to modernize the electricity grid. So we're building clean energy and renewable energy in the U.S., Canada, and throughout the world. Or maybe you're looking for a consumer application or a game that you can play or a way to connect with a coach that you can get involved in a training program on a blockchain where you're taking like a MOOC or mm-hmm. you're working with a personal trainer. You're learning a new language or you're just enhancing your habit practices and your daily behaviors. And blockchain can deliver on this promise. It's just that there aren't a lot of teams that are working on it right now. I would love to see Bitcoin be that team or inspire other teams to begin working on important problems.
2: That's a brilliant vision, Adam. And I think you're you're spot on that, you know, blockchain can deliver on that. That is the promise of the technology. And I think it's just a matter of time until it will. And so like power to you in that process. I loved having you on the show. Let's definitely make sure we have you back another time when, you know, you'd further down that vision. We'll make sure people get to find BitGreen and get to find ways to play with it. Um, this is gonna be re- released when uh, Habit is gonna be released. So let's see how how that takes off. I'm excited for that. Um, you wanna add anything else?
0: Yeah, I I wanna thank you for having me on first of all, and for your friendship. And then I'd also just like to put a spin on the whole FTX debacle that's been occurring. People will listen to this and they must have Mm. read about it. In a sense, let's all just say thank you because Mm -hmm. what FTX is doing is refocusing us on what's important Yeah, and also giving us a pause to think, well, for a moment, thank goodness it happened now and not three or four years later when the damage could have been worse. And so I'm hoping that now people look at blockchain, and instead of chasing NFT speculation or flipping coins for profit, they realize that this technology, as well as the technology in their own lives and in, in each of our lives, we are easily distracted by shiny objects,
2: right? Yeah, and that's we... kind of the evolution of our economy, of our species, of the way we interact, right? right? It's like, let's move, move out of this shiny object syndrome and into some, and I think honestly, this is like one of the core definitions of sustainability when it comes back to economy is like, can it actually create something that's more value than just more dollars on someone's bank account, but like true value.
0: It's always going to lose its shine. You got to find yeah. it's incandescent.
2: Yeah. Right. And you know, um, you can't take it with you. I don't know where I heard that. I think <laughs> someone said that at like breakfast or something the other day is like, you just can't take all the dollars with you. You know, whatever you believe, wherever you go, when you die. But you can leave a legacy that is like a, a true sentiment for planet Earth, you know. Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your work in the world. Thanks for make, making the time to, you know, share all of that about BitGreen. And yeah, I um I, I think back with um, more than just one smile to the time we met on a, you know, permaculture land in Costa Rica. And I think for everyone who's dreaming about that, again, go and find these places. It's so important to... um keep an eye on all of the trends that are happening in this world, but also to make your own experiences, right? Because experiences is how we really grow into, you know, just like Adam right here into people that are convicted, who are determined uh, that this is the next, the next thing they need to do. And you took a whole long time to, to pop out there. No, you were like on a, what, like a multi-year sabbatical. I I love that. But now
0: we're back. Now we're back. All right, my friend, thank you for the
2: time. Right on.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Adam.